Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. All right, let's get our Bibles out. Sermon notes are in your YouVersion Bible app or the worship guide, either one. We get excited about our Bibles, so let's open them up today to Revelation chapter 12. Woo! Revelation chapter 12. I got to figure out where we're going to start because it's not going to be at the beginning. Um, here's what I came to talk about today. I came to talk about our testimony. I came to talk about the price, sorry, the prize of the testimony and the price of our testimony. Mm, yeah, yeah. So let's try and do that. The prize of the testimony and the price of the testimony. Revelation chapter 12. Let's just jump straight to verse 11. Okay, how about we do that? 12, uh, chapter 12, 1 through 10. Read that on your own. It's all really good. So I'm just going to verse 11 just for time's sake. It says, and they overcame him. Who's him? The accuser of the brethren. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. They overcame him, the accuser of the brethren, by two things. Two things. The blood of the lamb, which represents supernatural provision, what Jesus did for us that we could not do for ourselves. The only way we can overcome the enemy is not by what we do, but by what Jesus did. Supernatural provision. All right, Jesus dying on the cross made a way where there was no way. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. He overcame all of that. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of the Lamb. Then it says, and, and in addition to that, the word of their testimony. So the word by is the Greek word dia that means through, like a channel of an act, like you go through something. So we overcome, you could say it this way, we overcome through or the means by which or the how we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, supernatural provision, and secondly, the word of our testimony. And I want to focus on the testimony today. This is the personal application part. The word testimony means a witness or evidence given. Witness or evidence given. You give a testimony, you are a witness or you are providing evidence when you give your testimony. So when it says word of their testimony, that kind of jumped out at me, word of their testimony. And here's what I felt like the Lord said to me. Chad, to overcome the enemy, you need both a word and a testimony. Word of their testimony. So we got the blood of the lamb. Check. Got that. But now we're talking about the word of our testimony. You may need a word and our testimony. So the prize of the testimony is this. First off, we need a word from God. For us to overcome the accuser of the brethren, number one, we need a word from God. The Bible, the word of God, is God's testimony to us. It's his evidence to us of what he's made available through Jesus. So whatever you're facing today, whatever you're going through, whatever you're trying to overcome, we have to have a word from God. He didn't say, I need you to get a want. We have no problem getting wants. We need to get a word. Look at your neighbor and say, get a word. Get a word. Get a word. Don't get a want. We don't pray our wants. We pray his word. We don't pray what we want to happen. We pray what his word says can happen. 
This is what God's saying. We need to get a word. We overcome by the word, the word of God, so you need to get some scripture. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're dealing with, mentally, physically, financially, relationally, whatever it may be, you need to find a word from God and grab hold of that. Grab hold of the word. So we need a word and then we need our testimony. So if the word is God's testimony or his evidence to us of supernatural provision, our testimony is our evidence or proof of personal application to others of what God has done for us. So this is why we need to use our testimony. Our testimony is, is evidence to others of what we've applied. Whenever I take the word, see the word on the page is just logos. It's just a, a promise. But when I take that word and I personally apply it to my life, now it becomes rhema, it becomes alive, and it produces a result in my life. And that result pr pr provides evidence to someone else of what God can do for me. So why is that important? Why is it important for us to produce fruit? Why is it for, uh, important for us to apply the word so that we provide some evidence to others? Why? Because to some people, you are the only Bible they will ever read. So whenever God does something in your life, there's evidence or proof of the hand of God on your life, and you proclaim that, and you tell it, then that is evidence to them that God is still moving in the earth, and he can help me get through what he helped you get through. See, if people are just surrounded by negativity and discouragement and all this stuff going on in the world, they need some good news. Well, your life can be that good news. Your life can be that testimony. It can be that voice. It can be that proof that says, wait a minute. You came through what? And you're like, what? You're acting like what? God's doing that? Man, well, if that can happen for you, then maybe there's a chance for me. This is what God's saying. We have to have a testimony that gives some other people some evidence of what God is doing. Our, our testimony is powerful. It works two ways. One, for the kingdom of God. Here's one way that the testimony works. It's evidence and encouragement to others. That's what I've been talking about. So don't hold it back. Don't rob people of that opportunity to see or hear the evidence of what God can do because it just may change their life like it did yours. How many times do we underestimate the power of testimony and say, well, it's not that big a deal. It's just something that God did for me. Maybe the exact thing that you're going through right now, somebody else is going through, and they're saying the same thing. Well, this is too little for God. He's got great big things going on. He surely doesn't have time for me. And you come up and give your seemingly too little testimony, and it rocks their world, and they say, wait a minute, God cares about me. He can help me. This is what God's saying. We've got to do it. It's testimony to someone else. But here's what it also is. It is also evidence and a reminder to the enemy in the kingdom of darkness of what God has done in my life and what he will do in the future. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of David in our life and testify to ourselves. There's times that I will think back and rehearse back on what God has done for me in my past. And what does it do? It gives me confidence for what I'm going to do going forward. Sometimes I'm facing a Goliath and I need to go back and say, wait a minute. Let me tell you about the time that I had a bear. A little bit of Tell me about a time I had a lion and I pulled the lamb right out of his mouth with my bare hands. It's a little extreme. You're getting a little excited. I, David was stirring himself up because he's staring at a nine-foot, six-inch Goliath. And he says, I need, I need a word. I need a testimony. Somebody encourage me. Somebody give me a testimony. Well, there's no way you can kill him. I tell you what, he'll chew you up and spit you out. No one around him had a testimony. 
He was polling the crowd. Anybody, somebody give me some encouragement. We need some. And he said, wait a minute, nobody's got a thing. Well, let me call on my own testimony of when God did for me. That's what you've got to do. Sometimes you've got to stir yourself up and say to that Goliath you're facing, hey, devil, let me tell you about what I did to a couple of your boys earlier. Testimony of Jesus. Now, this is the prize. We get excited about the prize. And I don't want to throw a wet blanket on the service. But I want, to encourage, I want us to have the same fervor about the price of the testimony as we do the prize of the testimony. The prize gets me excited. But I'm telling you, the price of the testimony should get us just as fervent. I'm going to do this real quickly. Um, how am I going to do it quickly? How am I going to do it quickly? Go to uh, Revelation chapter 11. That's how I'm going to do it quickly. I'm going to skip Revelation chapter 11. I want to encourage you with something. Listen, I, we should get excited about the Bible because the Bible's getting ready to play out right before our eyes. Some of it's playing out right now. And so when I, so maybe you've read Revelation before and you thought this, man, I can't even get it. I'm telling you, this is the, one of the best books to be in right now. All right, Revelation chapter 11. Stop promoting and just read. Verse 1 <laughs> says, what does it say? Then I, my eyes are watery. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, rise. He's, he's saying this to John. Rise and measure the temple of God. Wait a minute. There is no temple in Jerusalem, uh, but there's going to be. They're going to rebuild the temple, confirm a treaty, build a temple. Uh, right there, it's on the board. I didn't say what date it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. He says, uh, yeah, measure the temple, the altar, and those who worship there. So there's going to be an altar, and they're going to reinstate altar worship and sacrificing of animals. Yes. Verse 2, but leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? The non-Jews. And they, the non-Jews, will tread the holy city underfoot for how long? 42 months. How long is 42 months? 42 divided by 12 is 3.5, three and a half years. What that's talking about is right here in the three and a half years, this is when the Antichrist is going to break the treaty that he made with Israel. And then for this last 42 months, the Gentiles will overtake and trample Jerusalem. Well, where are the Jews going to be? We read about this in Revelation chapter 12. They're going to flee to the mountains where they're going to be safe. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's in chapter 12, verse 6. You can read that. Tread the whole for 42 months, and I will give power to my two witnesses. In the midst of the great tribulation, he said, I'm going to give power to my two witnesses. Two witnesses. Hmm, witnesses testify. And they will prophesy. How long are they going to prophesy? 1,260 days. Have we read 1,260 days before? Yes, we sound that in chapter 12, verse 6. If you're first time here, you're going to have to watch previous weeks to catch up. 1,260 days. How, many, how long is 1,260 days? If you divide it by the Jewish New Year, the common Jewish New Year, which is 300, uh, not New Year, but regular year, 354 days, 1,260 divided by 354 is 
So how long are they going to prophesy? They're going to start prophesying right here at the three and a half year mark when the treaty is broken. The two witnesses are going to start prophesying. They're going to prophesy for 1,260 days. What does that tell me? Even in the midst of the most devastating time in history during the great tribulation, God's going to have something to say. God's still talking. Antichrist think he's running the show. Jesus said, oh, you think you're running the show? I'm going to send out two people. Not two million, not 200,000. I'm just going to send out two. My two. Right in the middle of where you're trying to set up your throne. And these, verse 4. And these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And we'll talk about maybe some of the time who these two are. But, and if anyone wants to harm them, look what happens. This is why, listen, peep, peep this, will you? This is why you need to be on Team Jesus. Because it is more than a church service. It is a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And there is an enemy to the kingdom of God. And the enemies to the kingdom of God are going to get smoked. Literally. Read. Lampstand, stand for God. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. No, 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 check this out. So they're standing there prophesying, two people prophesying, right in the midst of all this antichrist world going on, evil personified, Satan himself in a person, and they're prophesying, declaring the goodness of God, preaching the kingdom of God. And if anyone tries, tries to harm them, and you know they're going to try, when anyone tries to harm them, the Bible says fire comes out of their mouth and devours them. What? Wow, this is like a movie. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. How many knows it's not going to take too many people to come up and turn into balls of fire before everyone else backs off? Not a lot of people are going to be needing another example. They'll be saying, you go get it. <laughs> These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy, that's why I think one of them is Elijah, and they have power over waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. That's why I thought the other one could be Moses. Verse 7, and when they finish, we're not talking about that. Verse 7, and when they, fin <laughs> when they finish their testimony, who met with Jesus in Mount Transfiguration? Never mind, verse 7. And when they finish their testimony, when they <laughs> there's so much in here, I just want to pull it all out. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Remember, two witnesses prophesying for 1,260 days. And then when God says it's time, when they finish their testimony, when they finish their testimony, the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit is going to kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, that's Jerusalem, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Where was Jesus crucified? That tells you where they're going to be. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days. How long? Three and a half. Any coincidence, three and a half? That's pretty cool. And not allow their dead bodies to be put in the graves. Now, role play. Here's what's going to happen. So now they're going to be prophesying, and all of a sudden, they're going to be overcome and they're going to be killed and they're going to be, people are going to be so angry at them for preaching the gospel to them. They're going to be so 
angry about this whole, all they've been preaching, that they're just going to let them lay on the ground and not going to bury them for three and a half days. And they're going to say, we are filled with so much hatred, we're just going to let you lay there and rot. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry and send gifts to one another. The whole world, how was this possible? In 1980, they had no idea how this was possible. Today, we know exactly how this is possible through network television and the internet. The whole world will watch these two be killed and lay there. It will be on the news as you see two people laying dead in Jerusalem. It's going to happen. And look, what's happened. look what the response is going to be in the world. And tell me there's no wickedness in the world. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. How did they torment them? By prophesying the word of God. The word of God to evil and wickedness is torment. What did the demon say to Jesus? Why did you come to torment us before our time? <laughs> I'm telling you, when they prophesy and declare the word of the Lord, conviction of sin, when they preach the gospel, preach the word that it just brought torment to the enemy, oh, I don't want to hear it. I like my sin. It will torment them to the point that when they die, the whole world, world is going to go, yes, they're dead. No more of that preaching over and over. I'm so sick and tired. We get to do what we want. Let's send gifts to each other. That's what's going to take place. Look at verse 11. Now after three and a half days, the breath of life or the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet. Oh, role play. <laughs> They're dead. Three and a half days. By now they stinketh. <laughs> Everybody's celebrating, throwing a party. We finally got rid of those preachers and that worthless gospel. Now we can live how we want. We run the show. Three and a half days later. <sighs> Everyone on the planet will see them get up. I'm telling you, I know, I know we don't grasp it. I know it's just a story in a, in a book, and I know we don't grasp it, but I'm telling you, why are we preaching this? Because you need to understand the reality of the difference of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom, Team Jesus will win. Anyone who opposes the kingdom of God will fail. So these two witnesses are just going to wake up. And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. No kidding. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud. This is me ascending. That's as far as I can get off the ground right now, but someday. They ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. And the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Their testimony cost them their life. But God brought them through. 
I want to encourage you, because now we've got to go back to 12, and I want you to start reading verse 12 there. It says, therefore, because they overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you, you, Rhodes Church, you watching online, you wherever you are, you believers, you who dwell, on the, dwell in them, the heavens, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Verse 13, now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, we read about that earlier in chapter 12, catch up on that. He persecuted the woman who's the Jewish people who gave birth to the male child. But the woman, the woman, the Jews, was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. This is what's going to happen at the three and a half year mark when the peace treaty is broken we read about that earlier too and how the Jewish people will be taken to a place where God will feed them 1,260 days. He will nourish them for that last three and a half years. It says, might fly into the wilderness to a place where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time, three and a half years, from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, the Jewish people, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon spewed out of its mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The prize of the testimony is one thing. But the second thing that I think is important for the believers to understand is there is a price to the testimony. There's a price. A price that we're going to have to pay. We have to be prepared. Will, will it cost us our lives? I don't know. I don't know whether it will happen in my life. I don't know whether it will happen in your life. I don't know what will happen in the United States. I, I know what's happening right now. It's costing people their life. Right now, people are being lined up and shot because they declare that Jesus is Lord. Right now, their kids are being killed right in front of them, having their heads chopped off, having their hands chopped off right in front of them, asking them to deny Christ. Tell them right now in Afghanistan and Somalia and Mozambique that the tribulation times are not come yet. Tell them that it's going to get bad. We in the West... We are blessed. We are blessed. Because of the gospel, we are blessed. Not because we're rich, not because of our political system. We are blessed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. But I want to tell you, friends, I feel like God's put this in my heart. Just like the enemy saw that the time was short, our time is short. I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could figure that one out. Here's my question. When is this going to happen? When's that one happen, Lord? I wish I could write that on the board. I don't know when that's going to happen. But once it happens, I've got a clock for the rest of it. But God has given us one here in this word. But are you prepared with a testimony that may cost you something? I want to tell the body of Christ, your testimony of Jesus will cost you. 
I don't know what it's going to cost you. Some more than others, some in different ways than others. But it will cost you. Are you ready? Are you all in for that? Are you, are you really all in for that? Or are you just in for church services and songs and sermons? But as soon as it becomes hard to be a Christian or, or not allowed by the government for you to be a Christian or, or, or certain things come into place where we get back into Revelation 13 next time and talk about when they, there's a number and you, you can't buy or sell. Or, w- w- in that time, am I still going to say, here is my testimony that I serve Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God? When it's not a popular, when it's not a fad, when, we, when, when maybe you can't gather in a room like this. When maybe you have to get together in homes and share the Bible and encourage one another and, and keep it secret. Will that ever happen? I don't know, but I want us to be prepared if it does. There's a price to the testimony. It, it, it costs people their life. Am I ready to give my life for Jesus? That's a question. I'm not glorifying martyrdom. It's easy to glorify it until someone's standing in front of you with a gun. It's easy to glorify it until someone's standing with a sword at your children's throat. There's a price. And the Western church is not ready. It's not ready. But I'm praying, Lord, get us ready. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.